So the, I, there's two stories I thought I'd tell you. One I told the group beforehand. Um, we were talking about before cell phones changed the time uh, for us, you know. So if you use your cell phone and you set your alarm, you don't have to worry. But don't you remember the times where you didn't have that? And you had that, oh my gosh, moment. And I, was, I told them uh, when we were uh, uh, serving in Amsterdam, we kept time change. We kept calling the lead pastor, calling the lead pastor. He didn't pick up, didn't pick up. Finally, he picks up. Uh, the service has already started, you know? And, um, and, he, and he said, what time is it? You know, and, and he hurries there. You can tell he just threw his clothes on. He had bed head. We called him Gumby after that because he had like this hair that just was sticking up. And, and, and he showed up just in time to give the message, you know? And you're like, and all of us behind the scenes knew what happened. It was quite hilarious. You know, we got through it. But, uh, and then there was this, this time, this doesn't do with time change, but, but our, the message we're going to look at today deals with Solomon dedicating the temple. And most of the times when we have these kinds of uh, prayer experiences or we talk about them, they're, they're usually this very formal, formal prayers that seem to not have a lot of power. Okay, that isn't the true of the one we're looking at, but I remember I took, I was studying uh, theology in un undergraduate, and the guy teaching the course said um, he was going to do his daughter's wedding, and so he, they were going to have communion, so he stopped at a bakery, and he says, I'll take that loaf, and then they get, they get to the wedding, and he's got this loaf of bread, and he's saying, you know, and then I was betrayed, took bread, and he's trying to break this loaf, but it's the whole, he's doing the whole loaf. The loaf is not breaking. And then finally he forces it, and he realizes it wasn't break, baking because he bought the loaf that had the sausage inside. <laughs> and um, and he's, he's like, you should always ask about the bread before you point and buy it, you know? So sometimes our holy moments don't end up as holy as we pictured them. I want us to just have a quick prayer as we launch into this message, because this is a longer passage. I'm not going to read it all, but it's a powerful passage and a powerful teaching on prayer. And if you want to turn to it, you can, you can find it in, in the book of Chronicles, Second Chronicles. We're going to look, uh, be looking at chapter 6 from 14 to 42, and then the very beginning of chapter 7, Second Chronicles. So Lord, I ask that you would bless the preaching of your word, that you would open our hearts and our spirits and our minds to the things that you want us to notice, see, apply. May your word be living and active in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the first things is when we pray, I think over and over, we have to remember who we're praying to. And, and if you've been doing the prayer course, you know this because we talk about the beginning of the Lord's Prayer is hallowed be thy name, right? It, it's this sense of saying, hey, this is the God we're, we're praying to, the God that's holy. And, and uh, Solomon does even more than that. He has this wonderful prayer. He says, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants who continue wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father, with your mouth you have promised, and with your hand you have fulfilled it as it is today. But will God, and we jump now, really dwell on earth with humans? 
The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Yet, Lord, my God, give attention to your servants' prayers and his plea for mercy. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence. He, over and over, Solomon is just laying this out. And, he, and it, doesn't, it doesn't just stop there. It goes on. He says, my, may your eyes be open towards this temple day and night. This place of which you said you would put your name there. May you hear the prayers of your servants. May you hear the prayers of your servants prayers towards this place. Hear the supplications of your servants and your people Israel. When they pray towards this place, hear from heaven your dwelling place. Let's go back one. So what Solomon is doing, Solomon starts by just saying, God, you're, you're amazing, and you keep this covenant. And he uses this, this word covenant, and we don't use covenant much. Do you know that anymore? We, we talk about covenants when? When do we talk about a covenant? Marriage. Do you ever hear it after, other than that? No. A covenant is an agreement between uh, two people, and back in the day, it was an agreement. They called it they, uh, they called it a suzerain vassal. It was like the Lord that the, would make a, an agreement with, say, his servant. And you see a covenant in, in uh, the book of Genesis, where the first time God establishes this early covenant with Abraham. And he takes an animal, and he cuts it in half. And he lays the two halves. And, and then it says there, it, there's this smoking pot that passes through it, this almost dark presence of God. And in a covenant, it, it's this idea that it says, be to me as it is these animals if I were to break this covenant. So it was a covenant that was done in blood, Right? Where else do you see a covenant in the Bible, in the Old Testament? You guys are gonna have to get this one. Early, early, yep, where? Rainbow, right? Rain, no, yes. We're awake, rainbow. You know what, uh, here's, the, here's one of the things you need to know. When God said to Noah, I'm never gonna flood the earth like this again. And he put a rainbow in the sky. Think about it this way. That rainbow, does it face earth or does it face heaven heaven so isn't that interesting when when you hear a covenant and it's like may it be to me as these animals it's it's a covenant based upon life a life was taken god when he made the covenant with the rainbow he was like here's the bow the arrow is aimed at god isn't that interesting and so Solomon goes back and says, you made a covenant with your people. Now fulfill your covenant. And he's dedicating the temple. You remember what the temple is? God started meeting with Moses in a tent. Did you know that? And then he established a tabernacle, which was a tent with an Ark of the Covenant and some other places in it. It was a little more ornate. But then it was Solomon's job to build a formal and here Solomon starts his prayer dedication by reminding God of the agreement he made with his people Israel. And he said, he said, you placed a covenant 
And we are here to fulfill that. But, but here's the fun thing about, um, about this. When, uh, the, when he prays, and I didn't do the whole prayer because you should read it. It's quite long. He, he makes these statements over and over and over. He says, when they sin, he's speaking of the nation Israel against you, for there is no one who does not sin. And when anyone does wrong, or anyone wrongs their neighbor, when your people Israel have been defeated by an army because they have sinned against you, when your people go to war against their enemies. He has these paragraph prayers, and he's establishing something. He's just saying, okay, um, when your people sin against you, and they will. You know what I love about that statement? This, this is the wisest man in the world. God gave him wisdom, and he starts, and he says, when they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin against you. Every uh, past couple Christmases, I don't think I'm going to do it this year, I would do a message on sin. Do you remember that, those who've been here for that message? And, and I, I would just talk about the different words for sin in the Bible. And, and it was fascinating because after I, I do this message, so many people are like, that is so meaningful. Why? Because we were late because we all fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. We all miss the mark. And Solomon says, when they sin against you, when Israel sins against you, for there is no one who does not sin against you. And then in each one of these, each one of these paragraphs, he talks about turning to you, praying towards the temple, and God answering their prayer. And he's saying, please hear them over and over and over. I was, I was really thinking about that many times we pray out of our need. Did you know that? I mean, we pray because we're desperate. And, and years ago, I had a, a guy tell me, he goes, you know, it's going to be your needs that are going to drive you to your knees. It's going to be your needs that are going to drive you to your knees. And that's true. You know, for some of us, as you get older, it's harder to get on your knees. Have you noticed that? I was talking to a guy uh, this week. We had lunch, and he had worked in construction and owned his own business. He says, he, says, um, he goes, I'm good doing anything in this area. <laughs> he goes, I don't do stuff in this area anymore. You want a shelf on your wall in this area? Fine, I can do that. He goes, but not this area. And I, was thought, I, I thought, there's, a, there's an honest man. You know, but there is something, watch this, there is something humbling when someone gets on their knees. Have you ever thought about that? That there, it's, it's a posture of, of humility and it's a posture of need. I, I remember when we were living in, in Portugal, I was stopped at a stoplight and sometimes you would have people begging from you. This guy literally got down on his knees outside my window and said, please. I'm just like, oh my gosh. What do you do? You know, if I had something, I can't even remember if I gave him or didn't give him. But I remembered I've never had anybody get on their knees when I'm stopped at a stoplight and just saying, help. That's the posture. In fact, I'll show you this wonderful quote. Abraham Lincoln said this. He says, I have been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. 
My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for that day. I I, uh, had a, a friend who had been in the addiction community, and he talked about his days. He said, I, he says, I surrender my will, and I start on my knees every morning and before I go to bed. We're in a season in prayer, and, and I just want to remind you that there is something powerful about hitting your knees. There's something powerful about hitting your knees. There's another part of this prayer I wanted you you to notice, and it says, I wrote it this way, never forget God's heart is for all people. And there's this paragraph where he says that a foreigner, as for the foreigner who does not belong to your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and pray towards this temple, he's asking God, hear their Then then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks of you so that all the people of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your own people Israel and may know that this house I have built bears your name. Isn't that powerful? That, That Israel was chosen by God to be a witness to all people. Did you know that? That, that one of the failures in uh, Israel was that they kept it to themselves. And, and if you don't believe me, when you read the Gospels, do you ever read about Jesus whipping the, the money changers? Do you know, they, so if you, had a, if you had a sacrifice and you lived far away, you could actually go to the temple and you could purchase a dove or a lamb and you could offer that sacrifice. That, that whole area was set up in what was called in the temple the court of the Gentiles. Did you know that? The court of the Gentiles was this place that, you, that a non-Israelite could go and could pray towards the temple and could ask God to do something on their behalf. And Jesus stepped in there and said, said, you have made this place a den of robbers. And one of the reasons I believe he was so angry and so incensed at that moment is they were, that was the place where the non-Jewish people to pray. Because God created everyone. And he's got a heart for all nations. And if you don't believe me, you've got to read the end of the Gospel of Matthew, right? Therefore, go and make disciples, Jesus said. Of all nations, that that word ethne in Greek translates ethnic groups, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God has a heart for every ethnic group, every people group. And so when we pray for the trouble in this world, we pray for every situation. You pray for every people group. Your heart is going to sometimes want to take a a strong side. But I'm going to tell you, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And when we as Christ followers, we need to pray for all people to come to faith in Jesus. 
my friend Brian, I think I mentioned to you, he, he was in the Middle East and he started a, a ministry, um, they call it the Isaac Ishmael Project. And uh, he is a, he is a, a former Muslim friend on, with him. He's a converted New York Jew and they've found peace together in Jesus. And uh, we, had him, we had him here one time because he had another guy and they, they wanted to do a talk. Uh, I'm trying to remember what they called it. They called it a Jew, a Muslim, and a, they called it a racist, but they changed it. It was too strong. A racist walked into a church. And, uh, and they did a wonderful dialogue from different perspectives because the, the white guy that they ended up calling him, he was raised in a crazy racist part of America. And they talked about the faith in Jesus. They talked about what Jesus has meant to them. They shared their stories. And they talked about pathways of peace in the midst of these challenging circumstances. God's heart is for all people. And if you don't believe that, you're one of them. Did you know that? You're, you're a Gentile. Did you know that? Very, very few. I, my brother did a DNA test. I, I'm 1% Hebrew, okay? So, like, I don't have no idea where that 1% is. But um, I'm like, well, that's fascinating. But most Americans, we're, we're, we're like the, the mutts at the, at the pound, you know? We have a mix of things. Joey, who has led worship to, today, I'm trying to see where he's at. He, Joey, are you sitting here someplace? There he is. Joey was like, uh, I'm, what, what are you, Joey? You told us you're, th- yeah, I'm Mick Wapaho. So we are, you're what are you? There we go. Now, if you look at him, would you think he's a third Indian, a third Italian, and a third Irish? I mean, that's a fascinating mix, Joey. And um, so we, we're, if you don't think God loves all people, he loves Joey, okay? And uh, that's, that's it. So, so let me get to the end of this prayer. The end of this prayer was really fascinating. It was God's response. So Solomon's there. He's, he's praying before the temple. He's asking God, when your people sin and turn away from you, when they get punished because of their sin and a nation overtakes them, when they're at war, when even when a foreigner comes and prays towards this temple, God, would you hear when they repent? Would you turn towards them and forgive them? And after this, this is so good. It says, the Lord... Then when Solomon finished praying, I love this, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and the priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, Look what they did. They knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endures forever. We're in a season of prayer. We're teaching it in our life groups. We're encouraging people to sign up and spend an hour in the prayer room seeking the Lord. And, and all you have to do is look out at our world today and say, it is the time to pray. And I'd love to see more people come and seek the Lord here. We have a, tab- a table right there. You can sign up for a time. And then uh, Pastor Rebecca will send you a code so you can get in and, and uh, 
we need as a church, as the people of God, to pray, to seek him. We leave the response to God, but we know he answers prayer. And I just think the Lord is honored when we hit our knees and talk to him. God's response was his glory filled this brand new temple. He, the, he consumed the sacrifices. And the people's response is God is good. His love endures forever. Why don't you say that with me? God is good. His love endures forever. Could you try that one more time? God is good. His love endures forever. And I'll just say that when you and I go through hard times, because we all will, those two statements, the goodness of God and the love of God, will be tested in your heart and your mind. Amen? And that's when we hit our knees and we come back and we say, God is good. His love endures forever. And so many times, I just want to bring this to your remembrance. We celebrate the new covenant that Jesus poured for us. And that new covenant was signed with the death of Christ on the cross. And if you and I had been standing there on what we call Good Friday, we would have a hard time looking at the cross, looking at the crucifixion, and saying, God is good. His love endures forever. Do you understand? But post-cross, resurrection, hope, coming of the Holy Spirit, we see now that that cross, that death, that sacrifice, that new covenant that was signed in his blood has brought the goodness of God to everyone that turns to him and his love to everyone that turns to him. And if you've never encountered Christ, if you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never uh, had your eyes open to the amazing goodness of God, today's the day. You can do it. It's a, it's, it's a simple prayer. It's just saying, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. I want to know you. I want to know the power of your Holy Spirit. I want to know you personally. I want you to be my leader, my Lord, and my Savior. And you pray a prayer like that, God hears. He answers. He takes up residence in your soul. And he promises he will never leave you or forsake you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I'm going to thank you for your cross. That has made a way for us to turn to you. And Lord, I want to thank you for the way you showed up when Solomon dedicated the temple to you. That you showed up in power. And we live in a world that needs to see your power and your love. And we thank you that you 
give us the challenge to respond to you and to be your hands and your feet in this world. And as we come to this table, God, I pray that you would meet us in your love and in your power. For those that need a fresh start, for those that need hope or encouragement, for those that need a, a, a touch of healing, for those that are experiencing discouragement or depression. Father, for those that just want a fresh touch of your joy and your love, would you meet us today as we come to this table, as we come to prayer ministry? And we thank you for signing the new covenant in your blood so that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, every nation, every ethnic group, every people group can discover what it means to know you as their Lord and their Savior. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Lord Jesus, in the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he said, take and eat that this is my body which has been given for you. Do this and remember me. In the same way, he took a cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you for your forgiveness of your sins. Take and drink, and when you do this, remember me. For whenever we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim the very death of Jesus until he comes. So come now, your table of the Lord is ready. You can walk up that aisle, you can walk up there. We have some prayer ministry going. I really believe that the Lord is stirring something in people. Then uh, you might even want to just go and pray with somebody for a specific situation because the Bible talks about two people agreeing in prayer. And so... Uh, Prayer team, please come on up, get some communion and come on up. The table of the Lord is ready.